This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 204 DGS, fun, weird hour there. Coming up one hour from now, we have the priest and the rabbi on. Uh, rabbi Shmuel called in Monday from Jerusalem. Uh, he had been in a bomb shelter a couple of times that day, and so I'm sure having him here live is going to be uh, just as interesting, hearing the stories of him getting out and getting back, whether his kids are still there, etc. That'll be at 3 p.m. We have uh, Brian Kilmeade joining us at 4 p.m. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. I, I pretty much see it on TikTok, but Brian, uh, Brian and I have always been good friends. I've always respected him. We don't have exactly the same politics. Uh, he... <sighs> I say this. He's on Fox, so there's only so far he can go. But he's really been pushing back a lot uh, on a lot of the dumber parts of modern conservatism. So we'll we'll talk to him about that as well as everything going on. Uh, looks like Steve Scalise uh, doesn't have the votes, and McCarthy's sitting there like the what you call it the bird that ate the cat, whatever. and uh, <laughs> The cat that ate the canary? Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. And uh, so, yeah, we'll have lots to talk about uh, with that. Stay ready, Kevin. Let's uh, let's jump around and hit a few sports things uh, for this because there's a bunch of things that we've kind of hit on in recent days that uh, could get some updates. So did you see, Dave, did you see the the buzz after last night's game with the Braves and the Phillies about Bryce Harper and I this did. little feud? I, I didn't see the actual plays, yeah. but I heard about it. So to set the scene for everybody, uh, after the the Braves beat the Phillies in game two, it was partly because of Bryce Harper getting doubled off base on a play that could have been an amazing play. It was actually a brilliant play uh, for the Braves and from their center fielder, Michael Harris, the uh, second. But because Harper was doubled off after that game as a part of the celebration, one of the Braves players, their shortstop, Orlando Arcia, was in a in in the clubhouse during the celebration with TV cameras and radio dudes and writers and everybody else around shouting things shouting across the clubhouse several times at a boy Harper like really being a smart ass about Harper's base running which wasn't even that bad why? to begin why? with because they were celebrating a win and people like to take shots at Bryce Harper okay. I mean because he's because of what you, and the reason I brought this up is you brought him up the other day yeah, yeah. and there have been mixed views on it. So in game three yesterday, Bryce Harper went off. He hit two home runs. And while he was rounding the bases, both times he just stared right at the shortstop as he was walking past him. Uh, like you want to talk now. And all of the guys that like all the, all the Philly guys were doing the whole attaboy Harper thing and having fun with it. After the game, the Braves were mad that that got out of the clubhouse. They were mad, and some of the players, including their catcher, Travis Darno, said, 
that we you know I, we thought that things that set were said in the clubhouse stayed there, you know, unless you were doing a direct interview with somebody. And I wanted to get into that a little bit because there's a lot of misunderstanding about how this whole process works with reporters in the clubhouse. There's only a small window, maybe 20 minutes, where people are allowed in the clubhouse. It's not immediately after the game. It's usually a little bit after that, and then it closes, and then nobody's in there anymore. And there are some guidelines, right? Like if I'm standing, and this has happened. I mean, I'm not going to get into any names or specifics, but it has happened where I've been in the clubhouse covering the Cardinals, for example, and you're walking by to go to one locker where somebody's going to talk, and you will hear somebody say something that really isn't intended for you, and you have to pretend you didn't hear it, right? You don't report those things. You don't you don't talk about those things. You're not intended to hear it. Professionalism. Right, right. But there's a difference, I think, between that and a guy knowing the room is loaded with cameras and I'm, showing I'm, his ass. I'm, and well, not just that, but yelling across the room. Yeah. If he was just in a corner by himself or talking to another guy, he's like, yeah, Harper, and he was ripping on him, that might be a different point. But, like, you're shouting across the a crowded clubhouse while you're celebrating with cameras and recorders. And I guarantee you this audio had to be caught by somebody. And the team was using it almost as an excuse. Like, well, we thought this wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, and it, it's it, people are like, well, it fired up Harper and that – if you really believe that, like he's more fired up about that than the possibility of going to the World Series. He tried harder. He tried harder than he would have otherwise. Or the pitches that your crappy pitchers threw to him that went 420 feet would have been different if he wasn't angry. I mean, it's it's a, such a dumb thing. But I find it fascinating how even people, even players who are in a clubhouse every single day during the season, they don't understand things. Like there's a difference between something shouted across the a crowded room and a side conversation that isn't meant for everybody. And I thought it was fascinating that it became that, but Harper got the big ownership last night. Um, do, but I, the reason I wanted to mention this story though, because this is a sports thing, but I feel like it's going this way in a lot of ways. Like people in politics, people in business, people in really any walk of life, as soon as they don't like something, they're going to blame reporters. Or they're going to blame TV cameras. No, you did it. Right? I mean, the shortstop Orlando Arcia was yelling across a crowded room about a player on the other team. You think you're going to get privacy in that? You got people that are acting like like Lauren Boebert, acting like a jackass in public. And you think you are you have a, an expectation of privacy in those things? I feel like we... we I want to ask you as a question. Do you think that these people actually believe... That they sh- that these things should be private and not held, or do you think that that's just their shield that they're going to throw that out there to blame someone else for their problems as opposed to actually accepting responsibility for being stupid? I think both. I think that you get to a certain level of notoriety and power, and you you think that uh, the rules don't apply to you, and then when you find out that they do, you rather than owning it. You try to blame someone else. Who was it? Uh, have it written down. Who was it? One of the players uh, for the Dodgers that sucked, Mookie Betts. Yeah. And he said, this is completely on me. He said, I didn't do a single thing to help us win this series. I love that guy. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for restoring uh, faith in a little bit of humanity or at least sports figures who typically deflect 
And I just love that a, a major league baseball player said, I really let the team down. Yeah. That, and that's what a leader should do. Right. I mean, and the truth is all of us that watched, he had nothing to do with why they lost. Their pitching sucked. <laughs> their starting pitch. Lance Lynn was their starting pitcher yesterday. He was terrible. He pitched, I think, two and two thirds innings. That was the longest start they got in the three games. Their first starter, Clayton Kershaw, didn't make it out of the first inning. So it's not Mookie Betts' fault that they gave up a whole bunch of runs early and were behind. But I appreciate people that are in positions of leadership saying, it's on me, it's my job to be better, instead of that guy needed to do something or the it's the media's fault or whatever. So I, I think that's something. And you know what's funny? It's when you're teaching people, and especially being that I'm a catching guy, a lot of times you have to be willing to take the blame for something that's not your fault to take the heat off of your teammates. And that's what a good head coach does. That's what a good general manager does, what a good owner eventually does as well. And what was the, uh, what were you, oh, and this was when we were talking about the Miami football thing with not taking the knee and then losing the game because the coach was an idiot and didn't have his team take the knee. That's what bothered me as much about that as the, as the decision was the post-game reaction wasn't, hey, listen, this is entirely on me. I blew it. This is nobody else's fault. In that moment, he failed on that. Now, two days later, he did it. Two days later, he went on the radio and said, that's all my fault. But that's got to be the immediate reaction. Because as long as the first one is out there, people don't believe the second one. But if you're in a leadership position and something goes wrong, um, and, and I football coaches love this one, you're either teaching it or you're allowing it. So if you're the boss... You're either telling people to do these things. If you're the senator, if you're the governor, if you're the mayor, if you're the president, if the people working for you aren't doing a good job, that's still on you because you picked them. So take the responsibility rather than deflecting it. And I like, like, like you, Dave, I appreciate it when you see it. I just wish it was more. Totally agree. Across the board. I mean, obviously I, this I, is I've, sports I've used thing. this analogy before when I was young, uh, in high school basketball, at least, if you committed a foul, you had to raise your hand. Yeah. In a way of saying, yes, that was me. And it just doesn't happen anymore. No. And that was especially true in, like, even, like, unorganized, like, pickup games. It's kind of like recognizing, all right, yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. You yeah. guys get the ball, whatever. Yeah. As opposed to arguing about everything, which is kind of where we are now. Yeah. Everything's about deflection. On the other side of things, did you guys see yesterday what Donald Trump blamed the invasion of Israel on? <sighs> the stolen election. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. He said that if the stolen rigged election hadn't happened, this would have never happened. Meaning like they would have never ha been so brave to do this. If I were president, he said this about a, a few different, basically any bad thing that happens around the world. He basically says, if I was still president, so no bad things happened while he was in office, but he said it specifically, it was because of the stolen rigged election. Well, he also said, uh, Hezbollah is smart. Yeah, he I did. saw that clip. Yeah, yeah. We, we have that if yeah, you want to. Do we want to play it? Uh, uh, why, why? How can you be, quote-unquote, America first and openly praise people that hate you? Also, if anyone cares to see it, Jack Smith has released a transcript of him telling uh, whoever it was, the other world leader, about our sub capabilities. Not the Australian guy oh, at a Mar-a-Lago happy hour. 
Yeah, talking about we have two subs parked outside North Korea. Here's their capabilities. Yeah. I mean, here's an idea. Don't praise terrorists. Don't praise dictators. They're not there's nothing admirable about President Xi in China. He murders his own people if they disagree with him. There's nothing admirable about Putin. There's nothing admirable about Hezbollah. We can stop with that, right? Just that's it. Full stop. Yeah. Just funny how standards change over time. <laughs> you know, we we had somebody tweet yesterday and say, like, how exactly has the GOP moved? Because I guess we were talking about that in the first hour or something. For me, the answer would be stuff like that. Yeah. It would be stuff like that kind of rhetoric and praising dictators and yeah. just normalizing heinous behaviors. Uh, that's, to me, the biggest way I've seen the GOP move over the past becoming seven a, years. Becoming a soft theocracy. That's yeah. different. I mean, if you asked, it's not smart to be deceptive. That's not a sign of intelligence. It's not smart to be vicious and callous and mean. Those are not signs of intelligence. That's what the terrorist organizations are. They're opportunistic. They understand how to inflict pain. None of that makes them smart. If they were smart... They would realize that what they're doing is killing their own people and that they're wrong, <laughs> right? If, like, if they had the intelligence that you're ascribing to them, they would understand that their whole purpose is wrong, that murdering other people, destroying the West, destroying the U.S., killing Jewish people, you would understand if you had any intelligence that you were wrong. People mistake willing to act, willingness to act and cruelness with being smart. They don't play by any rules. That's not smart. That's deception. It might There might be some common sense in it for their purposes, but that's not the same as being smart. Mm. It's like I, I've used the analogy before. A friend of mine, very long time ago, uh, back in probably what would have been the mid to late 90s, uh, had like an Aikido studio, and his sensei was Steven Seagal. Really was for real. He'd yeah. come in a few times a year and teach classes. And he talked about how amazing he was, and I said, yeah, okay, I've seen him. Like, what makes him so amazing? And he said that when you're sparring with him, he never pulls his punches. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, well, I think I could win most fights like that too. Like if <laughs> if my opponent is pulling their punches and I get to hit him in the face as hard as I can, I'm not I'm not Steven Seagal. Yeah. But I've always that that has always stuck with me as an analogy. Just because you cheat doesn't mean you're smart or better than the other guy. It just right. means you're cheating. Right. Could you imagine like the 26-year-old guy who outweighs him by 20 pounds actually hitting him? Right. He'd be the bad guy. But if if Seagal does it, he's the good guy. It shows he's how awesome genius. he is. 223 DGS, Priest and the Rabbi coming up at the top of the hour. What's uh, Aaron Rodgers doing, Rach? Oh, he needs attention so badly. Um, he is apparently challenging Travis Kelsey to a debate about the efficacy of the COVID vaccines. There's a clash of the intellectual titans. <laughs> I don't Why care would we about... listen to either it's, one of them? Yes, thank now, you. Let me, okay, this is an important topic. I know you don't have to have a medical degree to be smart. I know you don't have to have a medical degree to do research and to form an opinion. That's fine. But 
when you have medical doctors and scientists who objectively know exponentially more than you do, why would people listen to two football players as opposed to a couple of doctors or scientists? I know the answer. It's because one of them agrees with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and they're famous. So he he said this on the Pat McAfee show. Of he, course. That's he all said, he ever does. So he calls Travis Kelsey Mr. Pfizer. And he said, Mr. Pfizer said he didn't think he would be in a vax war with me. This ain't a war, homie. This is just conversation. But if you want to have some of some sort of dual debate, have me on the podcast, come on the show. Let's have a conversation. How about if Aaron Rodgers debates a real scientist? Well, and Travis Kelsey never went after him or said he wanted to debate him. He was him. very good-natured about yeah. the whole thing. Like He was just like, yeah, I mean, I got vaccinated and I, and because I wanted to just keep the people around me safe. I felt that was important to me. And then I did the commercial uh, for the vaccine because I'm fine with the vaccine. And that's all he said. And he's like, I think it's funny that he called me Mr. Pfizer because I'm, you know. Also, anic- this is anecdotal, of course. Well, he also made the joke because the Jets are owned by Woody Johnson of Johnson & Johnson. So, like, mm-hmm. Rogers literally works for Big Pharma. Anecdotal, but uh, was talking to someone yesterday who COVID just went through their entire office of six people Ugh. in St. Louis. Oof. Yeah. No thanks. No yep. thanks. I, I'm, I'm not it, a big fan of the whole debate me bro thing. Me either. I hate that. Like, and then I've I've seen some experts, and I forget who it was. There's a vaccine expert who is. I'm forgetting his name, but he's one of the he was one of the leaders in the development of a lot of the technology that's used that was used to create the COVID vaccine, but others before that as well. And he's like, why would I debate someone who doesn't know anything? Because no matter what I say, they're just going to be like, well, you're wrong. Right. That's the thing about a debate is (laughs) a debate also isn't the end all be all. You can win a debate and still be wrong in your position. It just means you're better at arguing, right? Oh, yeah. Speaking of medical stuff, there's a new drug that can prevent or reverse gray hair. There's a new drug that after all these years, they say really does regrow hair. There's a new drug that they say will have within 10 years that will regrow your teeth. And it's interesting to think that in 20, 25 years, there may be no bald people, no gray-haired people, no people with bad teeth. Kind of strange. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, no rich people. who because Right, I no doubt people with some means. Right, right. You'll be able to tell who has money and who doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like the whole thing with Ozempic right now. I think rich people can get their hands on Ozempic and lose weight really easily, but everyone else is still trying to do it the old-fashioned way, so... Mm-hmm. Oh, someone won the Powerball. In California, right? Don't Hate say, them. I know. I have real anger. Jerks. <laughs> I didn't buy a single ticket. I didn't ticket, even buy a I'm, ticket last yeah, night, and I'm same. angry. I'm like, ugh, should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been me, too, if I had just played. 1.7. So they'll walk away with probably $700 million. Oof. <sighs> Wait a minute. They would take a billion in taxes? No, no. You, the upfront. You only get Lump that full sum. amount if you take the... Yeah. Annual payout oh, over like twenty right. or twenty five years. Does anyone ever take that. the payout? No. Why would you? No. I I, I said that I was going to do it, and then you all were like, "That's a really stupid idea," and you were right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you explain? I think it, if you I pass like, away, oh, yeah, that is stupid. Then it's over. You nobody. Your family doesn't get the rest of it. Versus taking the lump sum, investing it, and then you can pass that down however you like. Yeah. 
235 DGS, top of the hour, we have uh, Priest and Rabbi featuring Rabbi Shmuel Greenwald, who we talked to on Monday uh, when he was in Jerusalem and was a part of, uh, of all of that. He'll be in here live to tell us more stories. Uh, a couple things, a couple dumb things that made me mad. Um, we are all just inundated with constant stimulus, and so much of it is judgmental, and it's it's it, you know, telling you what you should do and what you should think. And it just broke me when I was doing my show prep, and I I saw a story that was you're eating your banana the wrong way, and I I I just wanted to kick a deer in the face. I'm just like, oh my god, will you? Let me, if I want to eat the peel and all, if I want to stick it in my ear, like just shut up, quit telling me how to live, quit telling me how to, what to believe in and how to eat bananas. And it's just becoming insufferable. That's clickbait for you. The whole yeah. point is to get you riled up. And this to was get the you headline to of Wall Street Journal. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is the result of the, the hack culture that we all got so into for a little while. The whole like, you know. If you if you just turn a banana upside down and shake it really hard, the whole thing will come totally, you know, whatever stupid thing that's not true, but they convince you is like, you know, this is yeah, how you're the, really supposed to be eating the banana. And it's like, the, no, it's not. It's just a banana. But the bottom of the banana has that really gross nub. Yeah. I don't want that. Devil's anus. Yeah. That's how you're supposed to open it. Another banana hack. <laughs> Do like, we're all opening it the wrong way. You open it from the bottom up? Yes. That Not from the stalk. But it's got the little... Crack, you know, you just crack the stalk and then pee it like... Right. Preaching to the choir, brother. This I, is I, how everyone's done it for a hundred years. We did this in the show ten years ago, probably. So, um, and this one, I'm in a glass house because while uh, there's new Frugal Dave, uh, trying to be less uh, uh, wasteful with my money and with everything else, uh, but I'm in a glass house because I'm sure I, I, I'm not as good as I should be. But I saw a story about a world record that was set with a 769-pound charcuterie board. And there's a picture of it. And it would cover, uh, you know, a, a, an entire room bigger than this studio. And it just kind of bothered me. <laughs> Why? Because there are people starving. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a little on the wasteful side. It's a little, it's a little something. Yeah. It's just a little something. Yeah. It's kind of what I hate about the uh, the eating competitions. It's just gross. It's gross to be like, how many of these can I shove in my face while other people are not getting anything to eat? What about whenever someone makes like the world's largest sandwich? Does that bother you? I mean, people usually eat it. Mm -hmm. It's consumed. They don't just throw it away. But there's just something about the visual of it. Yeah. There that, was a there was a, a TikTok thing. And once it got big enough, I, I as I understand it, they started like donating it around. But... Um, did anybody see it? It was like, he was like doubling the amount of eggs used to make pasta like every day. So he started with one egg and then two and then four. And then I got up to like, you know, 36,000 and he needs an industrial crane to dump the yolks <laughs> into a, you know, industrial vat or whatever. And, and he was making pasta out of that. And, but at first, and I, it got to the point where he started donating it. But at first it was like, what are you doing? You're just like throwing stuff away. Hmm. Uh, let's do some audio. Yes, uh, we'll start with mine. Let hey, me tell you a little bit about reality. Cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Just I probably kidding. Should, that should be my new alarm in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll start with Dave's. You have pickle audio, from what I understand. Um, pickle audio, pickle audio, pickle audio. Uh, the mass Singer, the pickle was revealed. Well, remind me who it was. That's Michael what, Michael Rappaport. Yeah, that's what made me mad. Um, <laughs> 
Not that I don't, not that I'm mad at Michael Rappaport, just that, oh God, I sound so old. Um, the world's so stupid. I can't believe the mask singer is a thing. I can't believe that real people participate. I can't believe that Michael Rappaport dressed up as a pickle. So there, I don't know. I didn't even listen to, to the audio. It's not really worth listening then to. Then who cares? The point is what's worth making. Yeah. That it's mask singer. I thought that was going to be the biggest flop because it looks so, st- and it's like the biggest thing on TV right now. People love their singing competitions yeah. and they yeah. love their celebs. And then this way you get to guess which celeb is singing. So it's kind of a match made in heaven. Uh, and then you have a couple of pieces of Trump audio, Dave. Yeah, I've had enough of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Wheeler has something from Hamas. Yeah, there's a, is there, there's a, another one there uh, from me and he's that's you have uh, three. You have one that's called independent and one. That's yeah. Called- I want to play that one. Um, it, cause it, it's, it, it's not, it's, it's based on politics. It's, we, we played him before. I'm not a huge, huge fan, but I think he makes a good point here. The, uh, I don't know, the analyst, Peter Zion, you know him. I don't. He does a lot of speeches. He's, he's, he's a bit about himself. I don't think I've seen other people who are more expert in certain fields say he doesn't always know what he thinks he knows. But he's looking ahead to the 2024 election, and I think he makes an interesting point about independent voters in particular. There's only 10% of the American electorate that is truly independent, and they're wishy-washy, and they're judgmental, and they get buyer's remorse, and the votes of this last 10% is the primary reason why in midterms, usually the party in power loses, because they're having buyer's remorse. And I know this very, very clearly, because I'm part of that 10%. We're never happy with what we are, and we're not part of the decision-making to determine what the candidates are, and so we get handed this palette that we just don't like, that we have to make do with, and that usually manifests as us voting against whoever happens to be the guy in charge at the moment. That is how it normally runs. That's how it's always run. That's how it ran until we got to the 2022 midterms. Almost exclusively, the independents pulled as not liking Joe Biden, particularly on economic affairs. They saw his continued governance as being against their own economic best interests. And yet they decisively sided with Democrats in all the races that really matter. A lot of this talk about what's going on with the election system is real, but you have to look at it from the independence point of view to really understand. If the Republican Party under Trump is able to change the electoral system in the way that they say they want to, then swing voters don't matter anymore. And independent voters don't have a party. I thought it was that was an interesting observation about the independents because I mentioned I say this all the time, in that Democrat people who vote Democratic are going to vote Democratic all the time. People who are Republicans are going to vote Republican all the time. The back and forth is with this small percentage of people, and with these elections being as close as they are, how that group goes probably is how the overall general election goes, specifically the presidential election. But if it gets to the point where one of the two po- parties has so much power, then you take the voice away from independent voters. He thinks that's why independents have gone away from Trump in that in that way. Even though he's better for their bank account, they're worried about losing their voice for the long term. Mm. Makes sense. Is, is, that, is that a sensible yeah. way to look at it? Because I know as someone who... F- falls in that I don't really like anything that's going on with either of the parties. I don't feel like my voice is heard in those things, in in decisions, in policies. And the only thing you have, and, and the problem is, I'm not sure that that premise holds up 
entirely, and I wanted to ask you guys about this because the way we know it, most states, it doesn't matter anyway, right? Like if you're in Wisconsin or you're in Pennsylvania or some of you know, the states that were close last time around, well, as an independent voter, you probably have quite a bit of sway. If you're an independent voter in New York or California or Texas, you don't really have any sway. You're just in the presidential election I'm speaking specifically of. Do you think what he says makes sense? Like just and not all of it, not every word, because some of those some of the things he said in there I'm not totally on board with, but I think the general basic premise is a lot of what independent people fear is having no voice at all. Yeah. I okay. He didn't say this, but I'll say it. I wish we had a majority of independent voters, but I understand why we don't, because the parties have become so extreme. And when that happens, it is uh, it's much harder to have independent voters. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, because independent voters are told that they're wishy washy and they sit on the fence and they don't stand for anything when really it's like you're not doing a good enough of a job of convincing me that I should be on your team. Why is that a personal flaw within me that you're doing a bad job? We talk about like the the gridiron. If, for example, uh, the way it used to be. That the well, let's just take the presidential candidates that they were within the 40 yard lines and typically they were within the 45 yard lines. <laughs> you know, they weren't that different. You know, Bill Clinton wanted to spend more money on social programs, but he was far from insane. You know, he did a welfare reform and the whole bit. So the difference between a Bill Clinton and a Newt Gingrich at the time seemed like a really big difference. But in hindsight, it really wasn't. Uh, during those times, I would hope if they ever return, people would feel emboldened to not be so much of a slave to a party that they could say, well, you know what? The last time I voted for a Republican, but I like this person better on the Democrat side. You talked about it yesterday, Wheels, that you look at the person. And it's kind of what the Hillary Clinton ad was. Maybe it was a Trump ad that it's three in the morning and the phone rings in in, uh, the presidential suite. Who do you want answering it? I, I wish personally that the politics were closer together, that one side wasn't trying to foist, you know, religious beliefs on everyone. And the other side wasn't trying to spend all of their money on marginalized groups. Yeah. Or policing language or, police, or whatever. Yeah, defund the police or whatever stupid yeah. idea they have. I wish that everyone sort of agreed on let's handle the business of the country. Let's make sure that we're secure and safe. Let's have a social safety net, but let's not give away the farm uh, because there are people out there who you know won't do this or won't do that. And if we all sort of played in that area— then you could choose based on the person. But the way we are now, you're not going to find many people of either ilk who will cross that divide because the other the, the person running against your party may be almost empirically, objectively a better person. But they're on the side of a party that has become so extreme that you just couldn't cast that vote. Does that make sense? Yeah. 251 DGS Preach the Rabbi at the top of the hour. I'm going to take a day off. I've taken less days off 
in 2023 than my entire career. I didn't really mean to. Hmm. You just like us. Just a hardest working guy you know, I guess. Yeah. It's the um, epic. Let's see here. 42% of people have felt a paranormal presence in their home. I'm really only saying this to remind you uh, that if you'd like to be a part of the Dave Glover show, Halloween show, that sounded bad, you can go to uh, DGSHalloween at gmail.com. Send us your scary stories. We have a bunch of them. They're really good. We will interview you, and then what we're going to do is rather than having one, what, what, what Halloween shows have typically been is going to a haunted house, and we will do that again. We're definitely doing uh, a Bigfoot hunt in the spring, and uh, we're in contact with Limp Mansion now and my very good friend Mary and Wheels, who's afraid of nothing, says that he wouldn't even blink to spend the night in the Limp Mansion by himself, so we're going to rent out the whole place, put him in there. Will he be alone? Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'll have a party with the ghosts. And uh, so we're going to be doing that, but rather than just one Halloween day, we're going to have Halloween week, and uh, we would love to have part of uh, you be a part of that. Okay. The Bigfoot the from the train yeah mm-hmm. uh, i'm emotional about it uh i i should never read the comment section because people are just super super insulting and uh the latest one which kind of made me smile though because you see the bigfoot walk about 30 yards and then squat down and yesterday i did this whole smart guy Bigfoot thing about like, well, that's what they do and that's how they hide. And I've seen so many times that this happened. Now they're calling him pooping Bigfoot <laughs> that he's squatting down, <laughs> squatting down to poop. I'll, 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 we'll get the full story. I haven't, told, I haven't told you this yet. We are going to talk to the people who uh, took the video. Wow. That's Tuesday. awesome. Yeah. That's great. Fun. Good cool. job. So if he, uh, I tracked him down, did some business. Shouldn't you go back and find it? You could. Yeah, I'm sure people had to have, like, geolocated whatever that was yeah. and gone and looked and seen if there's any footprints or anything like that. Uh, Stray Dog in Michigan got his head stuck in one of those big plastic jugs that cheese balls come in. Uh, he, why well, you laugh at that? Because it's <laughs> Kind of dark. Because it's super cute. He have you ever like stuck. Well, he had it on there for three days and almost died. Well, I didn't know that part well, yet. I thought he was just stuck like Winnie mm, the Pooh or something. It's still cute. Because they like wheels, is it just me? Wave their no. head around. Is it a little like, dark? Uh, Not just you. It's, and they like run into stuff. It seems like you should be they able to get eat that. Or drink for three days. Okay, I didn't know that whenever I chuckled. Now Maybe I know you should that's wait terrible. Till I the story okay. then. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be silent. Oh, now it's my fault that you're a terrible person. Okay. Uh, A teacher made her fourth graders watch Winnie the Pooh, the Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey horror movie. It's not clear yet whether it was intentional or if it was a mistake. But they all went home horrified, and now the teacher may get fired. Like the whole movie? Yeah. Or they just like put it on and came on, and they were like, oh, no. Nope, 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 movie time. Put it on. What the hell? Also, my whole childhood is different now. Barbara Walters uh, had a hookup with Richard Pryor. Mm. I don't know why that bothers me so much. Yeah, why does that bother I you? I don't know. Because they both were so large in my sky and seemed so opposite. Yeah, and given given her position, you also want to think of her as like... Above that? Yeah. Not, not Again, not because he's a comedian or anything, but just because you're a journalist... And if you're interviewing people, you might want to not do that. Was that revealed in like a tell-all book or something? Something. 
Um, tomorrow, Hamas has called for a global day of jihad. Any thoughts, concerns? Yeah, I saw someone post about that on Twitter and warning people to steer clear of large cities, which is easy to do if you don't live in a large city. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. pretty terrifying. But I mean, that's the whole point of Mm -hmm. terrorism is to strike terror into your hearts and make you look over your shoulder and make you afraid all the time. Even just saying it Mm -hmm. brings a certain amount of terror. Yeah, the only, uh, obviously this is an analysis, the only thing that, I don't know, induces some calm in me about it is typically when those things have happened, they've not been telegraphed publicly, right? I mean, usually it's a sneak attack. Usually it's something when you're not expecting it. Right. Finally, the average worker is spending $51 a day on what? On on just work. So they're spending money on gas. They're spending money on gr- breakfast and coffee, which does seem like the easiest thing to cut out. But then they're spending money on lunch. Um, so if you are an office worker, they broke it down and it looks like the typical commuter is spending 51 bucks a day on working in an office. Interesting. Meanwhile, if you're a hybrid worker, you spend more like $16 or something because mm-hmm. it's divided up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... No wonder people want to work from home. If you, I mean, if you went from paying for gas and paying for lunch to, uh, I now I only have to fill up once per week whenever I go visit my family or something, and I can just make all my meals at home, that makes a huge difference. Especially if you don't make that much. Yeah, definitely. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 